Welcome to Beyond Sunday. This is a podcast from FBC Allen where we talk about living out our relationship with Christ, the 167 hours beyond the one hour on Sunday morning. Now, this week we're talking about worship in your life and in the church. And we are joined by my favorite guests, Jeff and Hayden. Um, Jeff, wow. How you doing, bro? That was a, quite an honor. Hey. Wow. <laughs> it's good to be back. Hey, wow. you're back. Yeah, we've had you two weeks in a row, right, Jeff? Yeah. 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 So it's good to have you. And Hayden, I always love having you on. So, man, this is awesome. Too, we're we're going to um, – I'm trying to figure out some episodes for Hayden and I to do of, like, metaverse and social media. Cause <laughs> there you go. I want to I want to talk about and dive into that deep. So welcome, guys, to this podcast. Now – Last week, we started kind of this thing where we asked some very personal questions. Um, And so we're going to ask some questions today to kind of kick off so we get to know uh, a little bit about our staff. And so the first question I have to kick this off is, who is your favorite artist? Well, let's see. It's reaching back, okay? okay. But, but probably my favorite artist is Billy Joel. Yes. Because wow. You see, I was I was I was yeah, coming up uh, with the piano about the time that I was oh, jamming to his songs on eight track and cassette in my Toyota Celica. <laughs> yes. And uh, I don't know and, what any of those words mean. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Speaking of metaverse, and uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, he's probably my favorite artist because I, I aspired to be. Uh, like him on you know this piano style and he the, you know the way he yeah. sang and, and cranked out tunes. I mean I just the piano I loved man. them all, man. They were yeah, piano man and uh, you know still rock and roll to me and just the, yeah I just loved it, man. I just I, I still today listen. To, of course now today the words when I'm listening to them with kids around you know it's well, different. Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's a different game. But anyway, no, he's probably my favorite of all. You time. know, my first album I ever got from my parents was The Innocent Man. Oh yeah, Billy Joel for yeah. the longest time. Oh cool. That over was and Billy over again. Joel in Genesis? Mm, I don't think. No, so. okay, no, no, no. no, that was Phil no, that Collins. Was, Phil uh, Collins. Yeah. I was thinking. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With a uh, with Sting. Yeah, so, uh, Turnstiles was my favorite Billy Joel album. Okay, yeah, it had uh, New York State of Mind. Oh, nice. And, yeah, all those on there. But anyway, yeah. Good Hayden, stuff. what was yours? I know Billy Joel. <laughs> Hayden knows a Billy Joel. My, my dad used to sing for the longest time. <laughs> I oh love that yeah, song. good one. All the time. Um, <laughs> my my top like five artists change all the time, but uh, all time favorite would have to be Rascal Flatts. Oh, good one. Um, we actually had tickets to go see their the they had like a like a farewell tour planned. And COVID canceled it, and, that, and it didn't get rescheduled. It just got canceled, and so. Oh no! Um, I remember actually, it kind of comes back to a piano too, because um, when I was young, my uh, my mom, you know, played piano every once in a while. But we had a we had the "Bless the Broken Road" like book in the piano bench. Oh and yeah, so, nice. Yeah, so uh, I could hear your your vocal style. You know, <laughs> yeah, singing Rascal Flatts. Yeah, I actually have a funny story about that. Um, Go for it, man. Let's hear it. It's real short. Um, So Gary LaVox is the lead singer of Russell Watts. So I used to work at Best Buy, and um, I had a guy come up and was asking me about an iPad, and I was talking to him, and uh, he goes, you actually sold me an iPad a year ago. And I was like, oh, cool. And he was like, yeah, so I'm here to get the next one. And um, he was like, I'm glad you're here because I wanted to talk to you. And 
so I was showing him the different stuff, and I sh- I was trying to show him like the speakers and stuff. And so I just I happened to play a song by Rascal Flats, and he goes, "What oh, do you like, Rascal Flats?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Well, I'm actually their manager." Oh wow! And I was like, yeah. "What?" And he was like, no. "Yeah, uh, do you want to meet them?" And I was like, "No, no way. what?" And so their their tour bus was actually parked like across the street. What? Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. So I got to meet uh, Gary Lavox and. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Like Very pinnacle cool. moment. Yeah, yeah. I love his vocal Well, it's style. a good thing they didn't steal you that day, or we would have <laughs> yeah, never. Yeah, you could have been like, <laughs> you know. You wouldn't have been here. You would have been you on tour never with you. No oh, way. My goodness. No way. That's yeah, <laughs> where, where the, uh, talk about different verses, that multiverse, that's where Hayden went. <laughs> With stardom, and then now he's here. This is, as a this is the best pastor. timeline for sure. Yes, it's awesome. Well, mine would be like it's it's kind of a tie between uh, Chris Martin and Coldplay and U two. Mm, um, nice. I like them because I feel like they adapt very well. Not a single album is ever the same. They're very artistic. They use different styles. So that that's kind of my uh, favorite artist. Kind of two of them. So what has been your favorite concert of all time? One of my favorites. Okay, was when I went to see BB King live at the Bronco Bowl down in Dallas. About uh, it's been about twenty five years wow. ago. Yeah, wow. and he was Love at that point. Bowl. At that point, he was even then he was having to really be kind of helped out on stage because mm. his health was kind of getting bad. But but we were close enough that uh, we could see the sweat coming off his forehead. Wow. He had a loose seal there in his arms, which, if you, you know, if you don't know, that's his guitar. Mm. And uh, he's cranking out, mm. you know, all of his – oh, it was, it was really good stuff. Very cool. But probably my favorite one was the second time I saw Eric Clapton in Dallas um, was his uh, Clapton and Steve Winwood tour. And, wow. Um, and so they were doing a lot of their – their hits from days gone by, but but Aaron, my son, was with me. He and I went and saw that one together. He was playing a lot of bass guitar about that okay. time, and so we had fun just jamming. Uh, oh, so that's a family to, event right there. Yeah, that's a just, connection. Just, of yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was probably my uh, real, my best memory of concert. Wow. So. Hayden, what would yours be? Uh, uh, man, I've I've had I. I, you sent me the show notes, and I was looking at this question, and I just struggled with it, man, because I, <laughs> so I have so many fond memories of, of concerts. My first concert was uh, amazing. My dad took me and saw a Sonic Flood. I don't even know if you guys Oh, yes, the is. worship band. That, yeah. Oh, incredible. Um, so that was cool. Um, I, th- You know, I was going to say one, but I'm going to change it. Uh, earlier this year, we got to go see Michael Buble. Ooh. Ooh, uh, yeah. And if you don't know who that is, it's the guy who sings all of your favorite Christmas songs, all your favorite versions of the Christmas songs, probably. <laughs> yeah, best good Christmas stuff. album, hands down. Like, Super good. Yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Buble. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, uh, he just he is just a performer, and mm-hmm. so uh, everything about it. Um, and it, one really cool part was, you know, I don't know if he's a I, I, he, he he named Jesus as like the reason why. You know, he does what he does, and um, it's kind of weird because, you know, he's got kind of a potty mouth sometimes, Mm -hmm. like when he's talking, not Mm -hmm. in his music or anything, but, but yeah, just at the end of the concert, he said, he was talking about, you know, we were... Uh, we were not meant to be separated and isolated. We were meant to be uh, together and, and that kind of thing. And he said, I don't know who you pray to. He kept it pretty general, but um, but he said, you know, I pray to Jesus Christ, and um, and I believe that the Bible tells us that we are meant to be together. And so, wow. but anyway, yeah, the show, uh, the show was amazing, cool, but man. he brought it at the end. He brought it around, and then he sang a song um, completely unplugged. Like, 
They oh, wow. turned off the audio system. They turned the lights up in the house, and he sang a song. And so we were at the worst seats, you know, the cheapest seats. But you could hear his voice, you know, mm. throughout the auditorium, and it was just—it was really powerful nice. just to hear him, you know, sing. And so he's—he's he's just a great performer. He knows how to put on a good show. So very cool. I thought about this question. I wrote it, and I was like, "Wow, this is a tough one." Yeah, I'm sorry, I gave yeah. it to y'all. <laughs> I went through all my concerts, and this is going to be a very weird one. So everybody out there listening, Carmen. Oh wow! Comes to mind, Carmen, and it was at it was at the old Texas Stadium. And mm-hmm. what was really cool about that concert was not—I mean, I'm not a big Carmen fan. I went with a youth group, and I think my parents <laughs> made me go, to be quite honest, because it was like a five dollar ticket. And it was a date night for them, but the worship at the very end—I had mm. never worshipped with so many other people, and it was very heartfelt. Um, nice. It was just really cool. We sang just a cappella, and mm-hmm. it was just a really. Yeah amazing experience it it was just so many people from different backgrounds and, and it just really felt like a taste of heaven so cool that would have been you know my concert kind of weird i know um i have so cool. many other concerts i can name that there so what is speaking of worship what is the most underrated worship song that y'all can think of or what comes to mind for you well it's 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 probably one of the most popular well, or let's see, probably one of the most well-known yes. songs, okay, uh, Amazing Grace. But um, I, ch- I chose this one because um, it's a song that is crossed over, you know, it crosses over from, from, from Christian music to secular music. Mm-hmm. I mean, Willie Nelson closes his concert <laughs> with Amazing Grace. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> And uh, and so people use it for their own purposes, and it's like the token. Okay, hey, it's the token token God song. Yeah, you know what I mean. A, yeah. right. But um, but you think about that. That song was written in 1772. So we wow. have 250 years that that song has been affecting generation after generation wow. after generation. Yeah. And it was it was written using just five notes. Really? So you play that whole melody on the wow. pentatonic scale. So if you went to a piano and looked at just the black keys and picked out, like say, in the middle of the, of the keyboard, uh-huh. pick out a group of two and a group of three keys, black okay. keys, you could play that whole melody on just those five keys. Are you serious? Yeah, so it's That's incredible. It's uh, it's it's pretty astounding, and, and that it's and then the story, the lyrics. You know, we've been talking about the past couple of weeks about telling our story. Yeah, um, uh, our faith story. Well, within the lyrics of that song, it talks about my life before Christ. It talks about coming to know Christ. It talks about my life since, how He walked with me, and then I'm hope in heaven. Wow. Uh, for all eternity. It's all wrapped up in that one song. And so a lot of times I think we sing that song because, oh, it's familiar, it has good, feel good for me because I knew it growing up, yeah. but it might be a little bit underrated on what all is came together. That is to true. That song you you don't think about it. You just kind yeah. of sing it and like, okay, cool. I never, that's crazy. It is a testimony. Like mm. it is their story. Wow. Mm. All right. Jeff just blew my mind. Yeah, I'm going to have to chew on that for a little while. I am. We may come back to that later in another question. <laughs> Hayden, what do you feel is your most underrated um, song? Uh, this is just like my favorite artist. Like it just it, it kind of floats in and out. But um, I actually I just I just looked it up because I didn't know who wrote the song. But it's called "My Worth Is Not in What I Own," and okay. it's it's mm. actually written by Keith and Kristen Getty. So it's Damn, a Getty song. So many songs. Yeah, you I, know, it's wild. You go, you're like, oh. 
Keith and Chris and Getty, Keith and Chris and Getty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, the version that I've that I've heard is um, by Shane and Shane, and they're man, mm. they're my jam. If I need to listen to a worship song, yes. I always look to see if Shane and Shane or if the the Worship Initiative has mm. has done it before, because they're just their versions are my favorite. But <clears throat> that's cool. but uh, uh, I think it's underrated um, because you know in in this time at least right now uh we we cling so much to um songs that have really catchy you know, tunes mm-hmm. and hooks and mm-hmm. that kind of thing um and i do the same thing i'm not yeah. i'm not saying you know that's bad or anything but um but this song just one of the verses i just wanted to read one of the verses from it it's the last verse and it um uh, it's just so profound to me it's uh, two wonders here that i confess my worth and my unworthiness my value fixed my ransom paid at the cross. Wow. It's powerful. I just, I, I, I can't hear that and not get excited about the fact, you know, um, the, our worth to God is, is so high and we're so unworthy of it. Um, but God counted that cost and, mm. and, and, you know, Jesus in, in Gethsemane, um, counted that cost, you mm. know, and, and said, not my will, but your will be done. So very cool. Hey, text me that one too. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. We'll do. We'll do. <laughs> what is worship when we define it? Let's, let's define it first before we kind of walk through what worship is. And I found first Corinthians ten thirty one, and it, it says this in the ESV, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And I feel like that sums up worship, everything mm-hmm. we do, like whether I'm eating, you know, walking, um, singing, uh, yeah, it, it entails twenty four seven. So right. when you read that verse, like, what is worship um, to you? What? How do you define it, Jeff? Like, what do you see? I mean, for me, it's it's you know, I see it as like valuing or treasuring uh, God above everything else. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's it's more than just with our mind knowing who God is and and that He is who He is above all and in there. But it has to connect to the heart yes. to to make a connection mm-hmm. there that we we begin to desire Him, you know, and um, that that's where worship of Him begins to take place. Um, you know, just I, as a as a touchstone for me, uh, I keep going back to uh, Isaiah six, which I guess was going through seminary probably, where I had a professor point this out to us that this is one of the classic examples of worship in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's Isaiah ha- he has this vision of of there's like five things that happen here. You mm-hmm. know, he has a vision of God in all His glory up on His throne, um, and in seeing God, an image of God as to who He is, all of a sudden Isaiah begins to feel like, whoa, you know, woe is me. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips. So his own weakness and sin is exposed when he compares himself to the, the, the truth of who God is. Then the third thing that happens is, after he realizes his own sinfulness, uh, Seraphim takes a coal from the altar, comes mm-hmm. down and touches it to Isaiah's lips and, and purifies him, cleanses him of his sin. Then what happens is he hears God speak, and God says, who will go for us? And Isaiah then, the fifth thing that happens is, he says, here am I, send me. Mm. And so, you know, to me, a worship experience, whether it's private, individual throughout the day, or if it's corporate, you know, those things occur. We come, we come out of it with life change going, here am I, stuff. send me. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Hayden? Yeah. I don't know what to say after that. <laughs> I know. It's like, that's, all right, that's awesome. Drop. Um Something that you said kind of at the beginning of that, and and I love the direction you took with that, but um, something you said at the beginning of that, like, 
valuing God above mm-hmm. all. Um, when I think of worship, and you know, we did <clears throat> years ago, we did a uh, we did a whole like summer camp, um, you know, our our youth camp that we did that year, whatever. Um, I don't even remember what year it was or what, what church I was with, but it was the theme was worship, and it was talking about how worship's not just music. It's mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> And that was, I think that was even how we put it, was it was valuing God above everything else. And so when you're, you know, when you're playing football, um, giving the glory to God and, and making God your treasure in, mm-hmm. even in football, like, you know, whenever you're you're doing that, you're doing it um, because of the joy it was to, to do it well mm-hmm. um, in God's name. And, and so um, I, when I think of, of what worship is, uh, I sort of almost have this chip on my shoulder about, you know, it's not just music. You know, right. you're, uh, the way that you act to people that irritate you, <laughs> that's <laughs> worship. You know, you're worshiping God when you are um, dying to yourself and making um, what matters to God matter to, to you. And so um, awesome. I think that for me, you know, you, Everything could be worship as long as you're doing it with the right posture of heart. And that's that's the truth of like we see everything is worship. And like you said, like if you're playing football, it cha- it's a transforming aspect of our hearts towards yeah. God. Right. Um, it, it changes us when we're eating. Mm-hmm. We need to be thinking God and worshiping Him for that. We're in in a terrible like you know we're in traffic in Dallas like. That's a worshipful moment. That mm-hmm. gives us a time to turn off the radio, maybe, and have silence and solitude, or just being, uh, you know, constantly seeking after the heart of of God. Right. Um, how can I give God glory in that? And I think that's something we're missing um, in our culture today. Is we we tend to, and that's why we call this Beyond Sunday, because we tend to think worship is only on Sundays. Yeah, and it's really kind of changed our mindsets of I'm different. The other times, you know, I, I live by rules, but really worship is what drives us. Yeah. It drives our hearts to give to others. It drives our hearts to think of others because what worship does is it lets us see the mind of God, kind of like in Isaiah. What Isaiah saw was God mm-hmm. and His attributes and His character, mm-hmm. and he began to reflect that, and it, it humbles us that mm-hmm. I need to be that. Right. And and I don't I don't know if we do that. I, I really have struggled with that, and I'm, I'm going to kind of be honest with y'all in that, like as I walk through this, kind of figuring out this podcast, some of the things I'm dealing with in that. So the next question is, is, is we talked about worship. We kind of answered that a little bit. When should we worship? Like, what does that look like when we worship? Well, I mean, I think you, I think we should worship every day. It's a lifestyle. Um, yeah. It should be. It should become a lifestyle. Um, you know, I think about – I think of it sort of as inviting Jesus into your day, um, you know, and just at the beginning of each day saying, Lord, I, I, I really would appreciate you walking with me through this day. And as we face things uh, that, are, that are decisions or whatever, um, um, Lord, what, what do you think I need to do about this? Yeah. You know, and just having this daily conversation along the way. And then when, he, when we see that he does help us uh, in the course of that day, returning thanks to him saying, you know, Lord, I really appreciate you mm. doing that, you know, and just come, you know, being with me in that. And so it just develops this lifestyle dialogue and a lifestyle of worship. Yeah, it's a good word. Yeah, when I read this, uh, the question, um, and was kind of thinking about it, I actually, my mind just read it differently, and I was thinking, like, uh, under what circumstances should we worship? And so, um, you know, I think about, 
uh, it's really easy to, uh, for me, it's really easy to pray and to like ask mm. God for things when when the whole world is crashing down. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's really easy for me to praise God when things are going well. Yeah. Um, and so when you think about you know worship, giving honor to God, giving glory to God, um, I was thinking you know in every circumstance. Uh, I love know, it. Uh, I love it's the good. idea of all day mm. and, you know, walking with mm. God. You know, it's, being a Christian is being in relationship with God, and so um, it shouldn't be, a, you know, place your requests on the request yeah. card on your way out, right. you know, as you, as you go to, <laughs> as, you, as you embrace unconsciousness and sleep. But um, uh, I think we should worship um, when the i guess part of part of um part of worship is is treasuring god mm-hmm. in everything yeah. uh, in whatever it is that you're doing and so um whenever that is called to your mind that's when we should uh, acknowledge it and, and and worship see this is where i was so i just got off a, a cohort meeting and i really got convicted of this and and y'all can bounce this off just i'm fleshing this out right now sure. on this yeah. podcast so many times I feel like we focus on the past of who God is, like what Jesus did, and that's great. And we focus on the future, like, oh, Jesus is coming back. But the interaction that we have in the worship happens in the present. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we tend to forget that present. We focus right. on, man, Jesus died for my sins, and that's powerful. Very, I'm not wanting to – and Jesus is coming back. And, and we tend to focus on that Jesus is coming back. Mm-hmm. But it's in the present that we get to interact and we get to um, feel that love of God and to be able to experience God. Mm-hmm. And we tend to ignore that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. always the future or the past that we – kind of dwell in as as Christians, but I was really convicted today of I don't really sit in the presence of God mm-hmm. in the present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's yeah. worship. That's mm-hmm. where worship is. For sure. I well, think. that's where, yeah, and that's where, I mean, Jesus says, I'm come that you might have life and, and have it more abundantly. I mean, yeah. it's, it's where the abundant life is found. You know, um, eternal life is awesome reward in the future, yeah. but man, we're missing a whole lot of the Christian life if we're not walking with Him and experiencing daily worship and lifestyle of, of knowing Him and walking with Him now. I mean, that's where the that's where the good stuff is, you know, the adventure and faith. And that's where, like, uh, I think the, you know, the next question we we're going to get into is, like, the mundane parts of life. How do we worship in the mundane parts of life? And I think for some people, it, it becomes like, uh, if you've ever seen The Matrix, the first part of Matrix, where it's just, like, doom and gloomy and, like, you know, Neo's walking through this, like, it's just the mundane, and he's looking for something different. And it's like our our tendency is in the mundane. We don't really want to worship because there's nothing to worship, Sort of. So, how do you worship in the mundane? I think that um, w- what we think of as mundane is just lack of stimulation, right? It's like just yeah. it's just when when those moments where you like I, I, the, when I hear mundane, for some reason, my mind always goes to this where you know you're driving uh, on a long road trip and you like kind of like come into a, a moment of realization that you have no idea like what you saw the, the last, last 200 like, miles the last yeah, yeah like like half hour you're just like <laughs> i was just kind of zoned out you know and yeah. um and i think that we do that with with other stuff too like i mean i even find myself like you know at meals just kind of breezing through eating yeah. you know and mm-hmm. um so when i think about like worship in the mundane it's almost like you have to fast from all the things that 
that occupy your mind. Mm -hmm. And um, when you do that, you realize in those quiet moments, that is when, um, you know, in that mundaneness, there's nothing particular to, uh, to, to pray about, to be like, you know, uh, like I said, uh, my tendency is to want to pray when things are bad and to worship when things are good yeah. or to, you know, sing. And all of that is, all of that is worshipful, but to recognize that when nothing is particularly going on, nothing's hitting your mm-hmm. scale, mm-hmm. Um, to uh, to recognize that God is good. And, and I think that that might even bring you out of the mundane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least it does yeah. for me sometimes. Yeah, it just, it, it, it warms up that and encourages that desire connection like we talked about a while yeah. ago that that connection of a desire to to have communion with him it's like end of a end of a of a routine day i still look forward to talking with anna you know about the day and i mean she's the one i want to tell what happened you know that right. day or whatever and um it's and it's that that's that heart connection that we share um if 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 I could pull that you know make that happen with the heavenly Father yeah. every day where I'm just as anxious to have Him as a part of my day, mm-hmm. then then it becomes easier on the mundane days yeah. to find great joy and and uh, dialogue with Him. So and I think the mundane days to me are the days I can do self reflection. Mm-hmm. I can look at sure man you know fruit of the spirit is. The Spirit is outpouring in me, so love, yeah. joy, peace, patience. Like, am I living out a loving life? Do I live a life of joy, even in right. the mundane? And mm-hmm. I think there's a self-reflection that I need to have at the end of the day. If I'm not in that, if I'm not allowing the Spirit to bleed through the flesh that I am, then there's something I need to self-reflect. And I don't think we do that a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really think... I don't know. I'm really passionate about this because, like, worship is is a way for God to transform us. And as Christians, we have really made it a one hour a week music session, and it's not becoming this transforming to allow us to feel, um, not feel. That's a terrible word. That's such a negative word, but to allow us to be in the state of of the image of God and to participate. Yeah, and, and to be in in what He's doing and. God is is doing something in our lives mm-hmm. right now, yeah. and He wants us to be a part of it. He wants us to be there. Yeah, and I, and I think that when we you know when we do come together in worship uh, on Sundays or whenever that is, as uh, for for listeners out there uh, today, um, that to me it just sets the bar. It raises the bar for us, yeah. you know, of what worship can be, and it also fans the flame. And then, but it's still going to mean that when we go back and do our week, um, it should elevate. It should this, the corporate worship experience should elevate us to desire more out of our daily worship lifestyle right. uh, than we had before we went in there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it should it should. Uh, Help us have life-changing patterns of behavior. You know, it should change our attitude. It should give us a better outlook. You know, on our day, it should build our trust, our dependence on 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 the Lord, and mm-hmm. and just in all of those things. Um, you know, we find growth in our in our daily lifestyle of worship. But again, it's just giving a shot in the arm mm-hmm. when we come together in corporate worship. So Hayden, like we talk about like kind of going about like worship, our posture and preparing for worship daily. Like what does that look like? Um, you know, scripturally, what is what does the Bible speak of in posture and kind of preparing our hearts? 
Yeah. Um, I think that uh, for, for, you know, if I were to think about, <clears throat> when I think about postures of worship, um, th- one of the most beneficial things for my my like you know personal private worship life has been praying through the psalms and has been um spending time you know i've done a a billion different reading plans you know kind of different things and i've stuck with some and you know not stuck with others and you know that kind of thing but um you know in the psalms there's just some some really uh some really well-written ways that that in reading it um it allows me to get it, get to a place where I where I wasn't before, or where I wouldn't have normally found myself. Um, just preparing my heart uh, to to be in communion with the Holy God, and mm-hmm. um, and so I think that you know posture is important, and there are different postures of worship. Like you know, even even physically speaking, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Um, there are moments, and there are there are there are times of worship where. Um, you know where you are, uh, you're surrendering yeah. um, in a way to mm. God, and you know, having your hands up is even a, uh, mm. you know, not not like hands up because the police are here, but you know, it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> taking you taking yourself out of your comfort zone and putting your hands up in worship, like um, even just by yourself alone, you know, it. it it allows your your mind to process the the posture of surrender and you know putting your hands out um the the posture of being ready to receive being ready Mm -hmm. to um to be given a a charge or a command or even you know sometimes uh maybe not on sunday morning maybe on sunday morning i don't know but uh, lying prostrate on the on the ground Mm -hmm. um just to you know i think of isaiah 6 um and there are moments of worship where i just nose on the floor Mm -hmm. you know just in awe of all of that god is and um so i think preparing your heart for worship i think the best thing you could possibly do all these things point to parts of scripture um God's word will prepare you for yeah. worship, and I think I think that's the best way to do it. And you talk about that laying prostrate like before the Lord. Like right. I I do that at home because it's like we're we're talking not only to we call him Jesus, you know, he's my homeboy, he's my friend, yeah, but he's Jesus on the throne room of God. Like yeah. he is yeah. the mighty King, the King of Kings, the Lord right. of Lords, and it gets us in that mindset. And we also see in the Old Testament, Daniel. Yeah. He's he's there and every angel's like, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's one of those I, I love what you said about that because it, it it's an indicator of who am I saying God is. Yeah. It's an outward indicator of I, I'm I'm showing you who, who my God is. Right. Right. Yeah, I think I think just the posturing our heart um is important as well. And you know, I think about <clears throat> You know, there's not there's not an NBA basketball player out there who who is sinking free throws or jump shots that hasn't practiced for years yeah. on the posture that they use to pull that off, or a pro golfer yeah. um, who's who practices over and over again that posture of the right back angle or whatever it may be. Guitar player, you can sit on your couch, you can you can lay on your couch and play the guitar, but if you if you're learning to play the guitar, you're going to need to have a posture where you can reach around and grab those notes and make it work right, you know, until you get good at it. And so I think too, you know, how, 
you know, the posture of my heart as I come into private worship or corporate worship, how am I posturing it? You know, is it, am I coming in, you know, in a hurry? It, 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 do I have a multitasking kind of posture going on in my, in my mind and mm-hmm. in my heart? Um, am I distracted? Am I tired? Am I worn out? You know, um, all those things can, need to be need to be eliminated to yeah. get the the ang- to get the posture right yeah. you know so that that God can do his his uh his work in me as I look to him in worship and so um I think too sometimes you know just talking about outward postures uh a lot of times it's just an outward reflection of an inner you know reality of what's going on in our life and or in that moment and you see some people that are super Super uh, expressive in worship physically, mm. and that's not me. Yeah, from the from my history, you know, it's not the way I was. I, I grew up, and so, but at the same time, you know, if I sat there with my arms crossed and and a stare, blank stare on my face, that's a posture <laughs> throughout a worship yep. service. Then that says something too that you know, I might need to have a little bit more engagement of my. Absolutely, a yeah. freedom of yeah. my expression, you know, in in the worship experience. So, I think it's important, you know, to think about that uh, as we as we worship. I think about a child. Um, you know, you, Hayden has a child about this age, uh, but you know, when he wants to be picked up, what does he do? Yeah, you know, he looks at his dad or his mom. He raises his arms up yeah. to be to be lifted up, and and just I think about that in coming to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. So what? Okay. So talking about posture and preparing for worship. What does your weekly worship routine look like? Like, what does it look like for each one of you? And Jeff, we'll we'll start with you because. Well, I, I've, I, admittedly, I'm not a morning person. I never have been. What? No, really. And so, wow. <laughs> people who know me know I'm know not. That. <laughs> and uh, in fact, every day when I wake up, it's it's waking up earlier than I want to wake up. Okay, but uh, you know, I admire, <laughs> I admire, uh, I admire people who who jump out of bed early and the it's still dark and they're already in God's Word and they're doing it, man. I mean, they've that's already, that's they've already heard awesome. Three sermons. Okay, like, yeah. yeah. That is awesome. But my routine, what I do, first thing I get up uh, in the morning is I grab a spiritual Pop-Tart, okay? <laughs> because I love I love Pop-Tarts. What flavor are spiritual Pop-Tarts? Uh, mine are brown sugar cinnamon. Oh, and, nice. uh, okay. They do so, bring divineness. So but what I do is I, I grab a spiritual Pop-Tart, so to speak. There, there's a little book um, that I've used for years called Bedside Blessings. It's a Chuck Swindoll book. Okay. And then there's a, a you know, My Utmost for His Highest. Great book. Uh, yeah. yeah, great book. And I've used that for years. Years and years. Um, I mentioned one last week, uh, Paul David Tripp, uh, New Morning Mercy is another one. But those kinds of things, that's the first thing I give my mind to in the in the morning yeah. when I'm trying to wake up. And it just kind of frames my mind for the day, gives me something quick and easy to digest. <laughs> like a Pop-Tart, it tastes good going down. But if that's all I ever ate, yeah. it would be not enough, obviously. And so, so what I do then, I get on – I usually get here – to the office uh, about 45 minutes to an hour before most of the people back in our end of the building get there. And then I get my coffee and I sit at my desk in my chair and that's when I go to God's Word and, okay. I, and I read 
wherever I happen to be reading at the time in his word and uh, highlight and spend that time pondering and uh, and then uh, follow that up with maybe a psalm you know or something from Proverbs but then another thing I like to do um, and then I'm good to go for the day at that point I'm finally awake and I'm, I'm good to go but uh, another thing I like to do is when I'm at home um, in the evening a lot of times I'll just Go to the piano and sit down, mm-hmm. and just kind of let my fingers do the walk, and so to speak, and just kind of just piano, man. well, and just <laughs> I mean, just play maybe playing an old hymn, playing whatever that's comes cool. to mind. That's yeah. like it helps me just kind of connect my heart, yeah. in worship, you know, Very to God. Cool. I was telling Chad the other day. I mentioned to him I, I was doing that one evening, and and all of a sudden the song just started coming into my mind, and I started recalling all these words to this song that. When I checked, I mean, it was a song. It was probably 50 years since I'd heard this song. Wow. Okay? And I can't even tell you today what the song was, but I told Anna about it, and I told Chad about it, and he remembered the song. And uh, I could remember every word to that song as I sat there and played it, but it spoke to my heart that night yeah. at that moment, and it was just a really neat worship experience. And I know you know, not everybody plays a piano, but a lot of people will do that with worship music that they play, you know. Um, that's cool. In the car, whatever. And uh, so anyway, that's kind of my, my daily routine. So Hayden, what is your daily routine? Yeah, you know, um, I'm in seminary right now, and I haven't been through the personal spiritual disciplines class, so... You know, I don't know. I'm just joking. <laughs> Dude, you're going to get a treat with Donald Whitney, man. I'm like, I'm jealous. I'm going to be sitting there next to Hayden while he's in class. So, Yeah. Um, no, for me, uh, you know, part of my, my weekly worship routine is um, being in the Word. Uh, and, you know, I think that I think that's important for everybody. And uh, I'm just going to be really honest. Like, for me, this is a difficult thing. Um, yeah. I, I haven't always loved reading um, mm-hmm. in general um, until <clears> – <throat> more recently the last few years and um so this has always been a struggle for me and sometimes it was just a i'm doing this because i'm supposed to do it Mm, and you know you're still blessed in those moments but for me um and i think for all of us being in the word is uh is the most important thing because Mm -hmm. um you know if we're if we we lose that lifeline then um we're disconnected from the vine and um and so uh right now i'm going through um, the new testament in a year and so um for my personal spiritual like walk and worship um i uh i have to avoid reading what i'm uh, preaching from you yeah. know at that mm-hmm. at that time because then it just becomes uh, you know sermon prep and yeah and so you know for for me I have to read something that's not that and mm-hmm. those things always find their way into conversations and that kind of thing just because you know I think God is good to give us things that that we need to hear and also things that other people need to hear yeah. and so um, you know uh, for me I'm in Ephesians right now and um, and it's just. Uh, the word is the most important thing and then also you know music wise uh, I, I don't um especially in the car you know i don't i don't listen to uh, the radio really and so um more often than not i'm just on <laughs> a, you know a mix of um of shane and shane and old elevation stuff mm-hmm. and um, that kind of stuff and, and so worshipful moments for me they kind of come out of nowhere sometimes yeah. uh too you know um, this is not a routine, but you know, I'll be in the car and someone will just hit me. I have to like pull over because <laughs> I'm just so overcome by mm. um, wow. by something. But you know, um, I uh, uh, in those in those those rhythms weekly. You know, obviously we have our Sunday morning worship, and that's that's important. Um, 
in fact, I'd say that that's, that's not a negotiable thing. Yeah. Um, not necessarily Sunday morning, but to have a corporate gathering of worship, we're told not to, not to forsake gathering with, with, mm-hmm. with the saints. And um, I really do believe that uh, if we don't do that, we miss part mm-hmm. of um, what, what worship was intended to be. And then, you know, as the student pastor, I get to worship on Wednesday nights uh, corporately with, with just our teenagers mm-hmm. and some of our adults. And man, both of those times are so sweet and for two completely different reasons, mm-hmm. you know, to get to lead in worship and to get to be led in worship mm-hmm. uh, are two uniquely um, awesome experiences. And um, so in addition to, uh, to, to reading on your own, uh, if you're not doing that, just know that like uh, around this table, we have three pastors <laughs> that <laughs> uh, if we're being honest, this is not an easy thing to do in, until it becomes uh, a priority. Mm-hmm. And um, and even when it's a priority, it's really easy to fall off that train. So if you yeah. if you have that sense of like guilt, um, realize that, uh, that this is a, a process and this is something that, um, you know, if you fall off the horse, don't, don't, uh, don't get so bogged down by catching yeah. up mm-hmm. uh, with these kinds of things. Just just get up and and choose to do it. You know, if you fall off, get back up, and that kind of thing. That um, so that's for me. That my my life, my whole life has been a series of falling off that horse and getting back up. And, yeah, and I notice, you know, I notice when those rhythms are out. You know that uh, my mind is not in the right place, my heart's not in the right place. So. Um, Love it. I Good love it. Good word, man. And everybody's unique. I, I think that's the thing that sometimes gets missed is right. what we say is not the routine you need to follow. Yeah. You need to yeah, know who sure. you are. God created you uniquely, and He knows that relationship. Not every marriage is the same. You know mm-hmm. what right. I what I do in my marriage is different than what y'all do, and mm-hmm. and vice versa. And I, I think we got to understand. You know, Jeff kind of touched on the the morning uh, person syndrome, <laughs> and and that I mean everybody like. In America, we feel like the morning person is the most successful person. Mm-hmm. Every book I read, it's like, mm-hmm. get up at four in the morning, and you'll be successful. And I'm like, then I will never be successful. I mean, it's not going to happen. I'm sometimes still awake at four in the I know. morning. <laughs> I can stay awake till four in the morning, but if find that rhythm that helps you develop that deep relationship mm-hmm. with God, whether that's at lunchtime when I was working at uh, Heritage, I would go at lunch and that would be my quiet time. I would go and, and just uh, eat in a restaurant and, and read and pray, and it really rejuvenated me through the yeah. day. Um, at night, some people do it at night. And so just really, um, it, it's about getting in and abiding in, in God and being in the present. Uh, presence of our our Savior, and so the last thing uh, Hayden kind of touched on this, and it, it is it is true. Corporate worship is 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 basic to our our life. Like God wants us to, we're built for community. We're relational. That's what we're supposed to be. And I think nowadays we're kind of isolationist. We have our preferences. We want, you know, if we had our way, everybody would have headphones on and you could pick your music. It'd be like a silent <laughs> disco where you have different people picking different songs and that's what they would want corporate worship to be. But really corporate worship is for us to, to really not be selfish. It's about um, us giving our hearts to God. And so how do you prepare your heart for corporate worship when uh, you come together with the other saints? Um, you know, for me, um, it, it is recognizing that um, that worship is not for me. Yeah. It's, it, is, it is from me 
Um, but even then, a lot of my worship, when I'm not feeling it, I have to rely on the Holy Spirit yeah. uh, to do that, you know, f- for me, you know, and I, and I don't know, this this may be bad theology or whatever, but I just, you know, uh, I think we even, I, I don't know if it was last week or week before, but we talked about it and, you know, worship is the most important in those moments where you just are not feeling it at all. Mm-hmm. And you have to rely on God's word. To guide you, and on um, the Holy Spirit who mm-hmm. who indwells you to guide you in that worship, um, and so it's just such a, a cool thing to know that it's all it's all from God, but it's and it's to God, and it's through God that that a lot of that happens. And so, um, I think that as far as preparing your heart uh, for f- when I when, when we think about corporate worship, you know, on a Sunday morning or whenever it is for you. Um, you you do have to have personal yeah. time a uh, personal time of worship and um, and I don't say that to be you know condemning of anyone who's who's not uh, more as like a dude you're missing out yeah like you're missing out you um, <laughs> I heard it said this way and I just loved it I don't even remember who it was so I'm sorry I can't give you know proper <laughs> uh, <laughs> proper kudos but uh, he was talking about speaking at youth conferences and he was like. You guys expect me to come once a year and throw fire on a, throw flames on a fire that's put out. Yeah, and I think that um, you know, for us or for me at least, you know, when I'm thinking about me, you know, uh, my my worship life, my spiritual um, walk, uh, coming into corporate worship, man, that fire should be burning, and that should yeah. that should just cause it to ignite even bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've all had experiences where we go into corporate worship and it feels like someone's trying to light a bunch of wet sticks. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. And um, so it's important to uh, to have those moments, even if even if you you know if you're uh, if you have a long week and you know you realize oh I haven't I haven't thought about God or worshipped God in days you know yeah. do it do it in that moment and even when you don't feel it um, ask God and He'll be faithful to. Um, to help you do that, and mm. uh, you don't want to come to corporate worship with a bunch of wet sticks. Yeah, mm. that's so true. I mean, uh, like he just said so well. I mean, it 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 all rides on on the Holy Spirit, you know, just mm. just working uh, in it. But you know, I a struggle with me preparing for corporate worship. Um, there's the musical aspect of preparing all of the nuts <laughs> yeah. and bolts, you know. Right. You got Practice that, like that's happening tonight. You got yeah. that, yeah. But then there's, like Hayden just said so well, I mean, there's the whole spiritual aspect of that for me personally mm-hmm. that has to get my heart ready. And, uh, you know, Anna has told me for years, well, I've been doing this now for 40 years or more, part-time even for you know. Mm. And uh, longer than Hayden's been alive. We've been married for 36 and she's double. and she's told me all through yes. those years. She goes, "You know, you just check out on Saturdays. I mean, you're vacant, you yeah. know, on Saturday." Yeah. And uh and she understands. She gets it, you yeah. know. But um but you know, you know, I find myself on Saturdays a lot being anxious about you know, you're hurting a lot of <laughs> volunteer effort going on on yeah. Sunday, and so what pieces of the puzzle are going to fall fall out? You know, between Saturday and Sunday, or or you know, there's that weighing on my mind. Or I'll try to avoid doing anything on Saturday that causes me additional stress. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and and it's just because I'm battling that in my mind. Okay, mm-hmm. just the anxiety of 
making sure Sunday comes off okay. But what that draws me to on Saturdays is this throughout the day, I'm constantly thinking about who? I'm thinking about God who's going to empower, you know, that day and the Holy Spirit who's going to be, you know, moving in that. And then, you know, as I work through that and begin to trust him more with that day that we've prepared for, then it becomes anticipation because, you know, having experienced what we experienced on Wednesday night, if it went well, you know, I'm looking forward to that on Sunday morning. And so it becomes an anticipation then that, that, uh, that helps me to really prepare my heart and to come in really up and really... Mm. You know, with a with a good outlook on what God's going to do that day. Yeah. Something else Hayden said about you know trusting in the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, from being in our staff meetings, um, the worship service is is a team effort. You know, right. people don't realize that. I think most of the time when they they come up to me or they'll come up to somebody and say say Wow, that was crazy. That song we did tied so well into the sermon. You know, <laughs> well. You know, Weird coincidence. You know, we 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 all work together. We Sunday. all work at that. You know, that's what we that's what we are, we're working at. And but the thing that still surprises me is even even going through that process. There's times when I'm sitting in the pew and I'm going, "Wow, I didn't realize I forgot about that part of mm. that verse yeah. or whatever." Yeah. And that just totally tied in with what Chad said yeah. from God's word. And that is just the Holy Spirit working through working right. through all of that and preparing. And so, you know, yeah, just just getting in tune with the with the Holy Spirit, you know, is just is just key in preparing for corporate worship. And I think one of the 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 things we tend to kind of go is the Saul. I call it Saul syndrome, where Saul is is waiting on Samuel to come and and you know sacrifice before he goes to fight. And you know, Samuel comes, and he's like, "What did you do?" And Saul's like, "I went ahead." Because God was with me, anyways. I think a lot of times we kind of we we kind of take it, you know. Fine, I'll just do it myself. That that TikTok moment where it has Thanos going, fine, I'll just do it myself, and <laughs> and we we take it into our own hands about worship. And and I feel like sometimes we try to force that worship, or we have an expectation of worship. We mm-hmm. we come in thinking this is how it's going to be, and God's wanting to show us something totally different. And mm-hmm. and I think preparing our hearts is really just laying it out, going, all right, God, you're there. Mm-hmm. You're you're gonna take it, and so yeah, and and so many there's so many Sundays when I'll I'll go into it thinking, oh man, this this moment is gonna be the moment, you know, <laughs> that's gonna everybody's everybody's gonna be just falling at the altar, you know, and <laughs> and 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 it's not it's not that yeah. way, but it ends up being some other moment that I never anticipated that somebody will come up and say, wow. You know, God just broke me through that. And, and to be honest, sometimes it's when we're like stressing because it didn't go the way we exactly. wanted it to. Like, exactly. Like, wow, this is not. And I'm back there in the sound booth. Totally. Going, we got to change this, but God's moving in a way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. 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 I think too. Like whenever when I think about it, um, you know, we're you're talking about how uh, you know it's not it's not about you. It's it's about you know worshiping. Um, God and uh, I, I kind of just imagine like if we were to all you know we go into into worship for us it's on a Sunday morning in that in that auditorium or the um, what, what is it called worship center worship center <laughs> sorry yeah. I don't know why I said that um, if you could just see the baggage that everyone is carrying mm-hmm. around um, if you just had the ability to see you know 
I, I just picture people with suitcases and mm. duffel bags and like you know big hiking backpacks full of just stuff mm. going on. Um, sometimes the most of what we have mm-hmm. uh, is just a mustard seed amount mm. um, yeah. to, to give and and um, and I think that that's worth giving. Yeah. And, and so you know, the one things that I said the the last time that I was here um, that you had me uh, for the podcast is one thing that a pastor told me that just really has resonated with me is that um, that you know sometimes my heart being prepared as best I possibly can for corporate worship is. We showed up. We were, we're there. <laughs> and exactly. The, and that's when I need the person next to me to yeah. sing even louder. Because yeah. that, you know, I get to lean on there. Encourages you. Yeah, I get to lean yeah. on on that. And yeah. and so that's so important. And that's the, the corporate mindset is it, it's very much the reminder like Elijah had, there's a remnant. Yes. Uh, when we lose sure. hope, there are people that show up mm-hmm. on Sundays. That, that's the thing we forget. We're like, oh, the world's falling apart. Every Sunday, people show up to worship God. And, and that's God's reminder that we're together in this. We're not alone, and, and so you're not you're not alone in this. You're not by yourself, and so it's a good one. Any last thoughts about worship? Any, any? Just thank the Lord for the church, like you just yeah. said. Yeah. I mean, man, we'd be in a world of hurt. Yeah, yeah. going at it on our own. So, last question is: What artist do you wish you could see live? <laughs> now this can be a person that has passed or it can be a person that is currently alive and you can go buy the concert ticket. So what are So what if you're artists? listening and the person's around. Yes. You can buy <laughs> concert tickets for, for Christmas Jeff. is coming up, I'm just saying. So mine mine would be I'll I'll break the ice is uh, Nirvana. Um I was too young to go uh love their music. Um yeah. and when Kurt Cobain um passed away, I just I had always heard that their concerts were incredible and he was gifted at just the energy of the room. And so that that's one I wish I could have gone and seen in my cool. lifetime. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, um, mine's kind of similar uh, <laughs> growing up. And, you know, I was a little bit of a rebel. I was a, <laughs> and so uh, when Linkin Park kind of came on the scene, they were this, like, rap and rock. And also, you know, the, some of the themes that they, that they sang about um, were things I could relate to. Yeah, absolutely. They were great. Um, and, like, surprisingly, the, their lyrics were – you know, they were they were free of cuss words at least. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so my parents were cool with that. Um, and uh, but yeah, uh, so Chester Bennington, their lead singer, uh, passed away a few years ago. And um, when that happened, you know, it was just it was a shock because it was like I'll never get the chance. Yeah. You know, and so there's so many like that. But I think that was if if I the, my knee jerk reaction if I could see one um, one band or go to one concert, it would be Lincoln Park for sure. Oh, cool, man. Well, I kind of took this question when I saw it in a, in a totally different direction. And so okay. now I feel like the, the kid that's going to go, Jesus, as the answer. <laughs> no, whatever. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Not to bring it to a spiritual ending here or anything no, you, like that. How okay? dare you? Do but, it. But uh, I, to, I took the, total, the question totally wrong, different. But, okay, Sunday, Sunday we just used that song, uh, The Story I'll Tell. And yeah. It was yeah. It, it, Naomi Rain. It's a Naomi Rain. Song, uh-huh. and uh, Deborah Deborah did it. Yeah. Which she did a fantastic job of that song, by the way. Um, but uh, I love hearing her sing, and you know she sings a lot with Maverick City mm. Collective. And um, but anyway, that particular song, story I'll tell. Man, I love it. I love it 
for the the lyrics and and just the the heart and the connection. In fact, it was an emotional experience to get through on Sunday uh, when we did the song. But it also reminded me of a song that I mentioned to you in the podcast back last year when I accepted the Lord. Uh, yes. My dad uh, led me to the Lord, uh, and I prayed to receive Christ on a night at home. Well, the next day, I had this this vivid memory of going through my day singing a song that was popular at that time, uh, uh, I'll Tell the World That I'm a Christian, I'm Not yes. Ashamed His Name to Bear. And that song was in my mind, and I was humming it, and I was singing it throughout the day. I was so excited to be a Christian, you know? That's awesome. And, um, and a, a, a big singer of that day was George Beverly Shea. Now, I don't know if he ever sang that song. He probably did because he yeah. sang everything that was, you know, popular at that time, it seemed like, with the Billy Graham Crusades. But uh, he had a way to turn a phrase that would just be, you know, bring a tear to your eye. So when I saw this question on the sheet, I thought, okay, my dream would be to walk into a coffee shop. And there's a piano up against the wall, and at one end of that piano is George Beverly Shea with I'll Tell the World That I'm a Christian, and Naomi Rain on the other end with oh The gosh. Story I'll Tell. Yes. And then there's an empty piano Dude. bench, and they say, hey, would you mind playing for no us? Way. And so then I sit down, and I get to listen to those guys, you know, wow. just go at it, you know, the face Chipotle to face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Build your, your own concert experience. Man, that would be cool. Yeah. yeah, you did. Man, so you, obviously one of them would have to be the holog- with us on this by hologram. Because yeah. you know, uh, He's, I think he died at one of I think 103 years old mm-hmm. here recently. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, that would be my experience. So a little little secret about that. So that podcast, an Easter egg to that podcast is yeah. the uh, the the album cover for that is actually the sheet music for that song. No way. Yeah, I found oh. it and I made it the album cover <laughs> oh, cool. for that. And, oh, and so cool. I have that as the album cover. So if you go back and listen to to Jeff's, that's actually the song I, I went cool. and found it. So well, thanks for that. Little effort. little nod of an Easter egg. Touch. Hey, that's what we try. We actually have secrets in every one of the album covers. So they actually like uh, the one we talked about. The Bible actually has the Bible that Jimmy talked about, the Living Bible. So I try to do wow. that. It's a little little touch of of just uh, I, I like to be creative. But anyways, hey, it's me. You're the guru. No, no. But <laughs> we appreciate you uh, listening to Beyond Sunday and worship. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday mornings. Uh, we have uh, online, fbcallen.org. We have so many resources. Uh, we have our Wednesday nights. Uh, starting a, every Wednesday night, we have another kind of follow-up to our sermons. Be sure to check that out in our Rhythm Series. And we would love to see you on Sunday mornings. Go to our website. You'll see in the bottom right corner there is a little icon. Click on it. Reach out. Let us know that you're coming or reach out. You need prayer, anything. And we will connect with you. We love you and we hope you have a great week.